And welcome to That's P1 Podcast. And this is a special Sunday morning, when we're recording it anyway, episode talking about race pace. And uh, joining us on the episode, sort of, because time zones, uh, especially on a sprint weekend, are a pain in the ass to figure out. So there's a lot of time between Texas and Australia, and that's pretty nuts. So anyway, from Australia, uh, joining us remotely and pre-recorded and sort of structured is uh, Kagra Gupta, who runs the website projectf1.com.au at Project F1 on Twitter. Phenomenal data account to follow. Lots of people on Twitter get into data and show you things that don't really matter to me, uh, maybe to some people, but why do I care about lateral acceleration? Why do I care about um, brake stopping power in bar? I don't. But Project F1 was the first account I came across that was talking about race pace, which is obviously uh, how fast your car is going to be laden with fuel when it's really heavy and when you have to do more than just one one lap, you know, an, an out lap, a really hard push lap, and an in lap. Over 20, 25 laps, however much that stint is going to be, how fast is your car going to be? And that took me by surprise as I was getting into watching F1, how often stuff on Sunday didn't make sense based on what I saw in qualifying. And it turns out that a lot of that is related to race pace. And we've seen that with Red Bull and Ferrari. Uh, can look really quick over one lap, which is great on Saturday, but on Sunday, that's not as important. Race pace is more important. Uh, we can get into at some point, you know, which is more important, but um, I just thought it was interesting seeing someone talking about it, following him for a bit, and then just thinking, you know, I just think it would be really cool um, to as much as we can over a race weekend, once quality's sorted out, talk about who's got the race pace and look at that as the predictor for what's going to happen on Sunday. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, but we're throwing this together. Life gets in the way. Time zones get in the way. A sprint weekend gets in the way. So um, it's a little different than it might be in 2023 if we all like it. But I uh, wanted to get this out and, and let you know what he was seeing in the data. And um, so I'm uh, we're pre-recording, we're splicing together, so it may not be quite as fluid at some point. You guys ought to fund a Patreon and get him to fly out for a race. We can all watch it together as P1s. All right. So let's get to the first question. This is a sprint weekend, which makes practice a little harder and a little different. And that makes it a lot more difficult for teams to set up optimally because you just get one practice before you're locked into Park Ferme and you've got to do the sprint and you've got to do quality. Then you've got to do the extra practice that doesn't really count. Then you've got to do the sprint. Who looks like they've found that perfect race pace or who's found the best race pace? Uh, well, 
before I get into your questions, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's uh, it's awesome to be here, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, this race and this weekend. Um, but but let's get into some of the the things that you wanted to talk about. So, on your on your first question, you're absolutely correct on sprint weekends introducing a new element to to the whole dynamic. What teams lose in setup through less practice time, they often gain in potential insight on strategy uh, through the sprint race. And so I think it's like a really interesting dynamic of losing on, on setup and gaining somewhere else. Um, but when I've, when I've looked at the top three teams, all of them seem to be there or thereabouts on their short runs. Uh, Ferrari and Mercedes were good in sector two, while Red Bull was strong in sector three. And being strong in sector three helps in making those overtakes because you, you've got that big uh, top speed advantage, which is, which is important around a track like Sao Paulo where overtaking is, is possible. Um, there was little concrete insight from race pace from, from fr- uh, free practice one, but the results of the sprint race uh, were really interesting in that it showed that Red Bull's pace is a bit off this weekend, which is, which is different to what we've seen uh, for, for most of the year. In fact, it's kind of more reminiscent of what we saw in Austria. Um, and though, even though they got the, the tire choice wrong for Verstappen, Perez was still lacking in pace on the soft tires when you when you compare that to Mercedes, uh, who are actually looking pretty good here, uh, and so and so are Ferrari, but can Mercedes keep their edge on, on the medium tire? Uh, because the the sprint showed a pretty convincing result, looking at at the uh, things on the softs. But uh, if if Sunday's Grand Prix ends up being hotter, well. We don't know exactly uh, what the tire crossover is going to look like between the soft and the medium tire, let alone the first race. And so, you know, weather I think will be really interesting and might throw a curveball into the mix. And is there anybody who is looking like they've aired too much on the Friday side, on the one lap pace, the traditional qualification format side, and sacrifice some race pace and are going to regret that? on Sunday. Like, I don't think any team went too far forward uh, with one lap pace. Uh, and I think that's that's fair enough given the mixed up weather conditions that we've seen over the weekend and the, the forecast remaining pretty pretty volatile as well. I think uh, because of this, most teams have kept their cars in a, in a relatively large uh, operating window. Really good race pace. In my initial look at the data on Friday that bore out, what do you see in the data for Red Bull's race pace? Question. I think Red Bull has been really dominant this season, and it's hard not to expect that to be the case here as well. There's no clear demonstration of this in free, free practice one. Uh, in, in fact, Red Bull's pace was some of the more disappointing based on the distribution of lap times. But uh, I think it's important to call out that because we don't know the precise fuel loads or the programs that the teams are targeting, uh, it's it's important not to jump to too many conclusions when it when it comes to looking at uh, these sorts of pace results. My my suspicion is that they were investigating the durability of the soft tire, and and this could have been something that uh, influenced their decision on on what tire to start with for the sprint weekend. Um, but there's also potential for a lot of hindsight bias um, in, in the comment I make there. So even though Verstappen lost out in the sprint. I think the team has collected some really valuable data across both cars uh, that'll help them in finessing their strategy for the race. Now, this weekend 
isn't just a critical battle in uh, P2 of the drivers. We're not just looking at um, is Mercedes going to get their first win, but this is a critical battle in the P2 for constructors. Uh, who who do you think has the edge here in Interlagos for that? Yeah, so this is a really interesting one. So uh, on the question of looking at between you know where Ferrari and and Mercedes land, I think it's really interesting from what we saw in the sprint, um, especially compared to what we saw earlier in free practice. Uh, if I was to just go from the free practice information, I probably would have been leaning towards Ferrari based on their longer run sims uh, and looking like they had kind of more of the competitive pace. Um, but with what we saw in Mercedes uh, in the sprint race, I think it's uh, it's a lot more of an even battle. And so, I mean, what's some of the reasons why there's a difference in those two comments? Well, the free practice data was more based on the mediums, um, whereas the sprint was kind of entirely on the softs. So there is a potential that one team favors better on one set of tires. But like I said before, I think it's really interesting where these things will land um, with some different with some different uh, weather conditions and different track temperatures and, and things like that. Uh, and also, I think just even the timing of who's on what tire potentials for undercuts could really could really you know put a surprise when it comes to these uh, expectations just based on the the raw pace that we've seen for the cars. But I think regardless of that, I on pace alone, I'm probably leaning still more towards Ferrari over over Mercedes. But obviously, with with, with strategy, the you know that could all get pretty undone, or any anything left field with a with a safety car or, or rain. Is there anybody who's starting in the midfield who looks like they've got enough pace that they are then going to be able to kind of march through the field? Um, and end up closer to the front. There's probably not anybody in the midfield who's going to win or even get a podium. But is there somebody in that middle range towards the back of the grid that could end up solidly in the points? Uh, kind of who could be interesting in the midfield? I actually think um, Haas and Aston Martin are some of the ones to watch um, for, for the race on Sunday. Um, obviously, there's the, the amazing story of uh, Kevin Magnussen getting his pole position and I actually think his his pace on the short runs was just genuinely impressive like obviously there was a lot of fortune uh, with what happened with the weather conditions and the timing of the red flag that was flown in Q3 and such but even if you just looked at the kind of best sector time pace alone things are looking pretty good uh, for Haas to kind of be up there in the best of the rest category um, and I think with what we saw with the, the sprint race, uh, both Mick and Sebastian did a really great job of moving up through the field, and they were both reasonably good on their tires. And is there any hope for anyone starting on the back row of the grid to do anything worthwhile? They're going to get any kind of air, TV time. Uh, looking at where the sprint grid has landed, I think there's some potential for the likes of Alpine to kind of do something from the back of the field, but not super bullish on that, on that comment. And lastly, what or who are you going to be focused on in a few hours? Who's got your attention going into this Grand Prix? 
And finally, in terms of what to be watching, um, I'll be keeping a close eye on strategy, as I've mentioned through some of the other the other questions. Uh, even though the soft tire held up really well against the medium, it was still degrading pretty quickly if you just look at things uh, on an absolute basis. And if Sunday does look hotter than what it was on the Saturday, then we could see a different relativity once again. This makes for uncertainty, and whenever there's uncertainty, there's the potential for making use of good strategy through uh, an undercut or so. And I think that could really spruce up the race. Um, this could change, you know, with, with, with rain and such, but I think any time that there's rain in a race, that, that kind of provides its own entertainment. Uh, and so either way, I'm pretty excited to, to see where this Brazil Grand Prix lands. Um, but things are looking pretty cool for a, a three-way title fight. Um, sorry, not a title fight, but a, a fight for the race win. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get a good drive from, from Vettel as well. Well, thank you for joining us on this special edition podcast and doing what, doing what we needed to make it work. Um, it's a lot of, it's weird to pre-record stuff on both ends and kind of splice it together. And, you know, there are going to be some, some parts that probably make that obvious. That's what we did, but I just think it's really cool. And I just really appreciate you sharing your insights on something I barely understand and is the one piece of data that Sarah actually thinks is useful with our listeners. Um, yeah. So just once again, just wanted to say thanks for having me on. Uh, I think it's been, been cool. And uh, hopefully this uh, race is a good one to uh, dig our teeth into afterwards. You need to go give him a follow at project F1. Uh, we'll probably be tweeting with him. Uh, today during the race, not just because we just did this, but because he's a really cool account. And um, I always thought he was too cool for us, but he's going to come come down in uh, into the lowbrow seats uh, with us and not just stay up in his popular accounts he interacts with normally. It's really cool to get into data and um, just a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, listeners, for putting up with uh, something in a different format. And uh, if you love it, let us know. If you hate it, uh, don't let us know because we don't take any negative feedback. And I guess I'm supposed to say that's checkered flag. It's a race-paced checkered flag. <laughs>